Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast. This is John O'Reilly. Today we're going to do something a little different. We've been doing series lately, but I've been wanting to mix in more individual topics. So that's what this episode is going to be. And we're going to talk about five questions to ask yourself before enrolling your farm in CRP. Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. So welcome back, guys. Again, we're going to talk about um, what you should ask yourself before you enroll your farm in CRP. It's something that we go over with with our clients that bring it up. I think there's maybe an... Um, an ongoing sign up as we speak because it seemed to have come up more than than um, more than regular the last like two or three months. That's what kind of inspired this podcast. And these questions are things that we like we'd never like structurally like formatted. Hey, let's go over these five questions with our clients. But they're all they just kind of happen to be the questions that come up when we talk through like, hey, should you enroll it? Should you not? And we've kind of backed into these questions because. We've a lot of times we'll get farms to sell that are in CRP um, that just the program either didn't go as they expected it would go or um, it put them in a spot that hurt their chances to sell the farm. So we've kind of backed into these questions and I'll kind of start from the end and work to the beginning for a minute. Um, most of the time they come to us and ask us if, if they think we should enroll the farm in CRP. Um, again, we, we don't care if they do or don't. We just want to make sure they have all the information. Nine out of ten times, by the time we get to the end of these questions, um, the answer for at least our clients is no, let's not do it. But um, that doesn't mean that it's a bad program. It doesn't mean that it's not a good fit for some people. Um, but these questions that we're going to go through are the same questions we go through with our clients. So we'll hop right in. Um, and we kind of do these um, in order. So Essentially, if you have yeses to all five of these questions, hey, it's a good program, let's do it. Um, but we always start with number one, and that's, it's just a simple question, are you okay with entering into a contract with the government? And just a lot of people aren't. You know, they, they hear the word CRP, and it's like, cool, I get a payment for not doing much, let's do that. And it's like, well, sort of, you know, um, you don't have to negotiate with a farmer every year, you know, you're locked in. But you're giving the government permission to go on your property for the next 10 or 15 years or whatever it is. You have to follow those regulations that they set forth in the contract. You are entering into a contract with the government. Like, that's what it is. And we just start there because a lot of the times um, the conversation just stops because it's like, no, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a contract with the government. So um, if you're not... You can just stop doing the rest because CRP is not a program for you. And increasingly, at least here in Illinois, like with our clients, the answer to that is no. Like I just I don't want to be committed to a contract with them. So um, once you get past that, then you start getting like practical questions about the actual program. But ask yourself that first. If you're not okay with that, then CRP is not a program for you. Okay. Um, I should have also said like we're talking about CRP. I'm not talking about Crap! I'm not talking about CREP, like with the permanent programs. Um, that that should be another episode because that's an entirely different animal that has, um, frankly, like unintended and unrecognized consequences to people that have been just awful on their farms. So 
but that is not what we're talking about here. I, I will do a podcast on that that program because I think a lot of people aren't aware of the possible detriments to setting up their farm and, and the CREP permanent stuff. They're just attracted to the one-time payment, or at least the, the big payment up front. But again, we'll talk about that later. For the purposes of this, we're talking about just ongoing continuous CRP signups. So like, you know, the CP23, the wetland stuff, CP33, like the ring programs, uh, the, the just general sign-up to put fields into grasses or shrubs or trees, um, that sort of stuff. So I should have mentioned that at the beginning, but we're talking about just those programs, not the permanent stuff, okay? Um, so again, once you get past the, are you okay with the uh, contract with the government? If you're past that, the next question question we asked our ask our clients is, do you understand the value implications of, of putting your farm or parts of it in CRP? And if you do, are you cool with that? Um, that's two questions, but we're going to pretend it's one. Um, because there is a decrease in value by enrolling your farm in the CRP. So like when we go through valuations, we I'm sure you guys who listen to the podcast have heard these. Like we put a value on timber, we put a value on tillable, we put a value on water. We also put a value on CRP, which is sort of odd because a lot of times the CRP and the tillable field right next to it are the same exact soil, but we give them different values. And that's because by signing up into CRP, you have given up your rights on those acres for so many years. And unless you find a buyer who wants exactly what you signed up for, it becomes more of a challenge to find someone to pay full value for that. So like we just dock it a little bit. So I think the last one we did, we were saying, and this was timber soil. I think we were saying this tim the tillable timber soil was like seven grand an acre, the same soil next to it, which was enrolled in CRP. I think we were at like 6,000 an acre. So it was a thousand dollar an acre hit on that, on that ground. And again, it's just because, whoever enrolls it has essentially given up many of their rights on those acres for whatever the contract is, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, whatever it is. So by doing so, like you just, the value takes a hit. It's harder for us to sell CRP ground than it is tillable ground. That's just how it goes. It doesn't mean that like if a tiny bit is enrolled on a huge farm that it makes that big of a difference, but again, it's just, it's harder to sell CRP than it is tillable. So you're taking a small hit, which again, it's not good or bad as long as you know that. So if you have an 80 acre farm and you want to enroll all 80 acres, that's a bigger question than if you have a thousand acre farm and want to enroll 10 acres. But you have to understand that there's a little value decrease when you sign it up. So like, are you going to keep it forever? Are you going to sell it next year? All of those things come into play. And if you're fine with just understanding, hey, until this contract expires, there might be a might be a little harder for me to sell this, and if I do have to sell it, I might take a little hit uh, as opposed to what I would get if it were not enrolled. So if you're cool with that, go on, move on to the next question. It's totally fine. Um, I've put farms into CRP in the past. I haven't in the last like ooh, six, eight years. Um, it just hasn't been a good fit for me, but I've done it in the past when I still understood all that stuff. So I'm not saying this is good or bad. Um, those are just the questions we ask. So if the answer is yes to that, cool, I'm going to keep this farm forever, I don't care, in 15 years it'll go back to tillable or whatever it is, then cool. The answer is yes, you move on to the next one. Question three we ask is, is the program in line with your property goals? And 
this kind of relates to the previous question. If your goal is to like invest and resell, because if that's the case, then typically you don't want to put it in CRP because you're not willing to take that hit. So it's not that value hit. So it's not in line with your current goals. But if you're not an investor looking to flip a property or to um, you know sell in the next five, 10 years to move to a bigger property, if that's not the case, you still need to ask that question. Is the program in line with your property goals? Because everybody who buys a property has goals with that property. Like maybe you're not aware of those consciously. Um, you should be. And maybe that's another podcast topic as well. But a lot of people aren't. They'll buy a piece of tillable land and just sit there. But like, you know, subconsciously, their goal is to park some money and earn a decent return on investment and enter at a good entry price. You know, all those things, those are the goals. When you go into like a recreational property, which the CRP stuff is more common, those goals get a little more like ironed out, like a little more detailed. Like, hey, I want to buy this to shoot a trophy deer or I want to buy this to have a little income and fish with my grandkids and you know whatever it is but those goals you have to ask yourself if the crp that they're offering offering is in line with with your goals so for example we've had this happen a few times where someone has come to us and asked us to sell their farm and they say it's a great deer hunting farm which i'm sure it is but it's like hey it's 80 acres 30 acres or 20 acres is tillable but we've rolled it in crp Okay, so you have 60 acres of timber and 20 acres of CRP. Yes. So there is zero food on your farm. You know, you could, and I know that you, you can plant 10% or something in food plots, but most of the time they're not. So it's like, that farm could be holding a lot of deer, but most trophy deer hunters, they want to attract deer in, they want to hold deer. So having a farm with zero food hurts. So it's like, people just associate CRP with deer, but it's like that needs to be farm specific. If you only have, you know, 20% of your farm in tillable, putting in CRP is is risky because then you're taking away all your food opportunities and they're going to leave your farm to go somewhere else to eat and come back, which if you're not a deer hunter and that's not your goal, no big deal, but if you you are, don't just fall into the trap that hey, all CRP is good for whitetails, okay? Or the opposite can be true as well. It's like if all you have is food, maybe you should looking at put it, putting some CRP in to get some cover, okay? So like, those are just things you have to ask yourself. And that's just deer hunting as an example, but that applies to everything. Like if you're looking to um, upland hunt, then by all means, like those programs are awesome. Do it. If you're looking to goose hunt, well then, at least for me, I'd rather have it in corn stubble as opposed to just grasses. So like then it doesn't help that much. So you just need to look at the programs and make sure that they are in line with your goal. One perfect example is the upland stuff, those the CP33, which is a strip along the side of an um, agricultural field. I think they can be up to maybe 120 feet, anywhere between 30 feet and 120 feet. Um, they're most commonly used as like, um, to square up fields. Farmers will use them to like, hey, let's take 90 feet over here, narrow it down to 30 feet here. And what they're trying to do is square up a field. And it's good for the wildlife because all those little fingers become grasses. But what I've used them for in the past is, in past, and what we use them for at Double Cluck, where we upland hunt, is they're perfect upland strips. Like that is a perfect situation where I actually did renew that. I guess I earlier I said I hadn't signed up any new contracts. 
this contract I didn't enroll the first time, but I did re-enroll it. So I suppose I have re-enrolled some stuff. But that's a perfect, a perfect example of like that program is perfect for what we want. Like we're getting paid on those acres and we don't have to farm them and they're great to like release birds. Okay, so that's an example of is the program in line with your goals? Yes, it's perfect. So that's a question that probably takes a little more time than a lot of these, but it's a very important one. If the answer is no, at least our advice to clients is, well, let's abort. Like, it's not a good program. Let's move on. If the answer is yes to that, we move on to the next one. And this gets, um, this is just kind of looking at what the government suggests when you enroll these things. And the question is, is the seed mix or plantings acceptable to you? Like, is it, Again, is that in line with your goal? Because people don't realize that there's more than one option for CRP. Like you can plant different stuff. You can plant cool season grasses, warm season grasses, excuse me, warm season grasses, shrubs, trees. You know, you can do a lot of different things. And in our in the past, our experience is that in most spots they want to put in trees or cool season grasses. Okay. That just seems to be their priority. And 10 years ago or so when we were doing a lot of CRP, that was just not in line with our goals. So we would have to apply or suggest um, that, hey, we don't want these cool season grasses. You know, they only grow 18 inches, 24 inches. We want good deer cover. Like we want big blue stem. We want Indian grass. We want Cape in the Rock switchgrass, that sort of stuff that grows taller. So again, a lot of the stuff you might not know, but do a little research or work with your broker and, and figure this out on, on the flip side. Like if they suggested switchgrass and, you know, a bunch of tall grasses and you wanted it for upland, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Like you wouldn't think that you think that'd be a fairly um, common sense and straightforward approach. But a lot of times we, we do see people it's like, yeah, we put in CRP for the deer and you get there and it's like, this is all cool season. Like there's not, there's not a blade of grass over 24 inches. Like sure. They'll use it a little bit, but, it would have been much more advantageous if you would have went with the, you know, bigger stuff, switchgrass, stuff like that. So look at that and you can apply, like the worst they're going to say is no. Like even if, you know, they like diversity. Um, and a lot of times in our experience, those pure stands are the stuff to get used the most. Like they're not going to let you do a pure stands of, stand of Cave in the Rock, rock switchgrass, that stuff that gets, you know, six, eight feet tall. But you can apply to say, hey, I know you only want 20% switchgrass. Can we bump that to 40? And the worst they can say is no, but you can do those, so those sort of things. So look at what they're suggesting. Similar to the last question, make sure that it is in line with what you want to do. And if it is, cool. If it's not, either mix it up with them, or if they're unwilling to do that, then you go to the, the board, the FSA board, and apply. Say, hey, I'm willing to willing to enroll this, but I'd like it to be, here's what I'd like to change. And again, I haven't done it in the past six, eight years. So maybe that process has changed a little bit, but when we enrolled stuff several years back, 18 years back, we, we applied for variances, almost everything we did. I mean, we had a 50 acre wetland that we put in that we applied for, um, I think the number is 10% you can put in food plots. We applied to put that in 20% because we wanted to hunt more of it. So we wanted to be able to flood corn in 20% of those acres instead of 10. You know, like, sure. You know, all it, all it took was 
spending a little work on a formal proposal and submitting it, and it was fine. So again, look at what they're suggesting, make sure that it's cool, and don't just accept what they give you because you just assume all CRP is the same, same CRP. Not the case, okay? This last question is probably the one that gets ignored more than any other one, and that is, do you have the time and resources necessary to plant and maintain the CRP? I would say, just like ballparking, of all the farms that we see that are in CRP, man, I bet only one out of 20 are like in great shape, like a beautiful stand of whatever they had designed it to be. Most of them are just, they're planted to begin with, and usually like not in the best way, but they're planted, like seed is in the ground, and they walk away. Okay, that's it. And there's all sorts of negatives about that, but a few of them are like, it's not gonna achieve your maximum results you know, some of those will eventually snap out of it and in 10 years, you'll have a good stand. But if you do nothing, it could take 10 years instead of three years or two years to get a good stand. So it's like, you're not getting your most value the quickest. So there's a gap in there where like, it actually did hurt you. Those eight years or whatever it took for the native grasses to establish, you essentially had a big giant weed field. Um, and it just looks bad. So like visually... You just don't enjoy your farm as much. I mean, enjoyment is a huge part of land ownership. And if you don't enjoy your farm anymore, it's just that's when people sell it. And that's one of the – no one actually comes out and says that, hey, I'm selling this farm because I don't enjoy it. But that's probably the biggest reason that we get for selling our farms. Like, hey, it's more work than I thought or I don't get to use it as much or like I just – it's in the back of my head but we never get to go out there and it's just I don't enjoy it. Like, like I thought I would. So that, if you go out there and you have a giant weed patch, it's just not enjoyable. So it looks bad. Also, like at the end of the contract, if you haven't done anything, now you have a field full of cottonwoods and you know Russian olives that you literally can't put back in the tillable without spending a pretty good chunk of money. And a lot of times people are like, well, I'll just re-enroll it into CRP. Yeah, you can. But usually they go out and check that. I mean, a lot, a lot of the development work we do is getting CRP fields ready for re-enrollment. You know, look them out there and be like, you need to get it back into shape. Like when you sign up for these contracts, you're actually agreeing to a maintenance plan. I mean, very few people actually do them. But the maintenance plan that they suggest is, is fine. And it, it, but that's the bare minimum that we would suggest. Like just doing that doesn't guarantee you a perfect stand like we we're messing with our crp fields and strips every year because we want the max value benefit that they offer and if you're not it just they look bad there there's just a bunch of problems if you don't um have the time or resources to you know to manage those and that can involve burning you know burning is great i think they say every three years we've had experience there's some fields we burn every year and we've got awesome stands. So like we would, we would actually suggest doing it um, more than that. Uh, some is, you know, keeping an eye on weeds or foxtail, um, keeping it mowed. Um, if, if there's a bunch of weed presence, keeping it clipped. Like I was out at double clock the other day and noticed that we just, this stuff happens. A couple of our strips got away from us and we had, 
you know, cottonwoods grow so fast. Like last year we had nothing in there. Also now we have 10 foot cottonwoods. You know, they're not, they're not hard to take down now. Like you could probably do it with just clippers or a little chainsaw. But if you ignore that for 10 years, like now you have a problem on your hands where like now you need some serious equipment to remove that. So we told Jason, our farm manager, it's like, go get those taken care of. We had just missed a couple of strips where, where that stuff happens. So either have to be willing to do all that stuff yourself or pay somebody like us or any other kind of land management company to maintain that stuff. So if the answer to all those is yes, CRP can be a, be a great uh, program for a lot of people. If the answer to any of those is no and you enroll it anyways, um, a lot of times you experience more frustrations than um, benefits on that stuff. So that is the five questions that we kind of roll through. Um, and I might be forgetting a few things, but just for the sake of these podcasts, I like to kind of uh, kind of think on my feet and, hey, what would we go over with our clients? And those are the things that come to, the, come to mind that like, hey, let's talk about this stuff before we enroll this stuff. So that is it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have any questions about that, let me know. Um, I'm hoping to start doing a more of these individual podcasts. I've got a list of topics that I'd like to talk about, but if there's something that you'd like me to talk about or answer some questions about, um, just drop me an email or comment on this page and, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. So thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll be back at you shortly, hopefully shortly, with another uh, podcast. <laughs>